The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is, in fact, Real Life Real Estate Investing, where we are back live this week after a several-week hiatus around the big national real estate summit to try and give you the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And uh, just want to put the word out there for folks who are in the greater Cincinnati area or Columbus area that the next meeting of both the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati and the Central Ohio Real Estate Investors Association is the big holiday banquet and more importantly, best and worst deals of the year contest. That is one of the um, funnest and most informative in a lot of ways meetings that we have every year in these groups and um, you get to hear people talk about their their triumphs and tragedies <laughs> because uh, there's categories for best deal of the year best deal by a brand new investor worst deal of the year and most creative deal of the year those uh, parties which are I mean they're networking events with silent auction and time to actually sit down around a table and talk to people um, and they are open to the public you can get more information at uh, uh, for the the Columbus group at Central Ohio real estate or Central Ohioria.com don't even know the web address uh, or <laughs> from Cincinnati at Cincinnati Rhea.com and that's Cincinnati reia.com today seemed like a good day uh, to talk about a topic that's not so much related to directly to like real estate and real estate strategies, but more related to the process of learning about real estate and growing your business uh, that has um, become a huge business in over the course of about the last 10 years. There's a number of uh, major national companies who have made it a thing to tell people that they need a mentor, like they are just absolutely not going to succeed absent having a mentor in their lives. And then, of course, they go on to offer to provide that uh, to your, you know, everyday citizens at prices ranging from 50 or $60,000 up to $100,000. And I just talked to an awful lot of people who get into these programs and then are 
extraordinarily disappointed by the results. And some of those some of those things are um, their user error. <laughs> like people people got into the program not really understanding what it was they were getting or having expectations that weren't actually being offered. Uh, some of it is undoubtedly issues on the part of the folks who are promising stuff and then not delivering it. And some of it uh, probably has to do with individual mentors. Like I've, I've talked to people who like they were one person was super happy with what they got and a different person was super unhappy. And it turned out that they had been assigned two different mentors and that could have had something to do with it. So to help me try and discuss this topic in in as helpful a way to you as possible in a way that's useful to you going forward so that you can you can make some decisions about whether you actually need mentoring or not. Uh, I have with me in the studio Bob Dressman. He's uh, probably a familiar voice to folks who listen to Real Life Real Estate regularly. In fact, I was looking at my records and Bob has bookended this year. You were my second guest in January and you're like my third to get last guest of the year. That's crazy. So um, if, you, if you've heard him before, you know that he is a, a very experienced, very high level uh, investor who's done like a thousand plus deals and has been in the business for over 25 years. But he's also a, a newish mentor who is is just sort of in the process of um, figuring out what that looks like in a more formalized way than people just coming up and asking him questions at a RIA meeting. And uh, we're going to we're going to talk about some insights that he has had both in watching people get into programs and then in in actually starting to mentor people. So there's there's going to be two sides to this. Uh, and um, if you have any questions or want to relate any experiences, of course, this being public radio without naming names, we don't name names here on public radio. Uh, you can either give us a call at 877-772-9658, or you can send an email to askvina at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A at gmail.com. So, Bob, let's, um, let's, let's just start with the language here. It, it seems like mentoring program has become a buzzword that doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. And what, 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 what do you think most people think you mean when you say mentoring versus like, what do you think it actually is? So I, I think a lot of people's perception is that a mentoring program, they're going to get a very high level person to sit them, sit down with them 40 hours a week for the next two years and handhold them and spoon feed them information. Uh, whereas most actual mentoring programs are give you are really designed for somebody who has a base level of education and knowledge and needs help getting through the roadblocks that inevitably come that are sort of between your ears rather than a lack of knowledge. And there are a ton of things that we do in life that we know what we need to do. We just have a hard time actually getting them done. And so a good mentor can sort of help you identify strategies to actually do what you need to be doing and help you identify where you're having problems implementing what needs to happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
it's not that mentors won't answer questions. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's not that it's not that, you know, you can't you shouldn't be able to call your mentor and say, hey, I'm having this issue with this one deal and it's complex. And I'm sure you've done deals like this before and I haven't. So can you help me out? But if the person that is calling themselves your mentor is actually just available for on demand questions and answer like they're not getting into your life and saying, hey, wait a minute, you're failing over here or hey, wait a minute. Is it is it going to affect you that your wife is 100% against you doing this? Minor details. Hard, hard questions <laughs> like that. But instead, it's like there's a hotline that you can call. And, you know, if you have a question, you can ask it. To me, that 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 on-demand Q&A thing isn't mentoring. It's it's more like coaching. But people stopped calling those coaching programs a few years ago because coaching programs are cheap. You know, coaching programs are only fifteen hundred or five thousand dollars. They're not twenty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So I, I think it's really important uh, for for people who are coming to more experienced investors than they are and saying, "Will you mentor me?" To have defined in their own heads what it is they want. Absolutely, and understand the type of person who is an appropriate mentor that, you know, some, if you've done no deals, yeah, somebody who's done three knows a little bit more than you do, but that's not an appropriate person to be giving big bucks to that. Ideally you want somebody that has a lot of knowledge and experience over many years doing the type of stuff that you're interested in doing, because not all mentors do the same type of deals and, you know, more experienced people have probably done several different types of deals and maybe even many, but not everybody is an expert in every given thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I had someone try and write me a fairly large check a few years back. Uh, and when I, you know, we always, if your mentor is not pre-interviewing you for, for something other than do you have enough money to write a check, something is wrong. <laughs> like if the qualification is, can you can you get your credit card limit extended? Um, that m- might be a warning sign. Mm-hmm. Um, just saying, but uh, you know we pre-interview people because um, if I don't feel like I can do you any good, either because you're doing something I don't do, or because you're doing something I don't approve of, or you're <laughs> because I just don't thought out don't think we're going to get along. I don't want to take your check, right? And I had a guy come to me and um, he's like, oh, you're, you know, you're such a great flipper and I want to flip land. So I want you to mentor me on flipping land. Well, I've never flipped a piece of land in my life. I don't have any idea how to do it. And yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, yeah. And it, it literally, it literally, it literally took me 25 minutes to talk him out. I'm like, no, no, I'm not your person. No, it's not. It's not. It, and it was like he was surprised that I wouldn't take the money. Right. Yeah. Well, ultimately, if somebody that you're talking to as a mentor needs your money, you don't want to give them your money. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> that it's, uh, they should have some, you know, ultimately, if I'm going to take time and work with somebody, that costs me because I'm not doing deals. And that's, and my opportunity cost at this point is fairly high because I actually know how to do real estate and make a fair amount of money in real estate. Mm-hmm. But the flip side is, a lot of the reason that I'm interested in mentoring people is because I find it intellectually interesting. And at this point in my life, I want to do things that are interesting and help people, not 
spend all my time making the most amount of money possible. Mm-hmm. Now, when we come back from the break, we're gonna we're gonna flip this around and talk about what makes a good mentee. What 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 kind of characteristics you should have if you are going to spend a lot of money, uh, or even a little money, on mentoring and um, kind of try and outline some types of folks who maybe just should not sign up for mentoring, no matter how cheap it might be. If you have questions for Bob, 877-772-9658 are the numbers to call, uh, is the number to call. And uh, you can also send an email to askvina at gmail.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Mina Jones-Cox. We're, we're trying today to straighten out some misunderstandings about and disappointments regarding and myths around mentoring because I, I, I cannot go to a RIA meeting without meeting a new human being who has written a check big enough to buy a house <laughs> to get to get mentoring and um, I hear an awful lot. It's not. It's not. It's obviously not entirely negative. I mean, I you know I hear people like, oh no, I got a great mentor, and that's that's awesome. But I hear too much of. I feel like I just burned the money. And we're we're discussing sort of what part of that is you, the mentee, and what part of it is the mentor, and what your expectations ought to be, and um, how to avoid finding yourself in that situation. Uh, here to help me out with this discussion is Bob Dressman, who is sort of new to the mentoring business. And I, I picked him on purpose because he is going through the process of learning these things <laughs> for himself. Uh, and uh, it also has, you know, mountains of experience in the actual real estate business. If you're a mentor who wants to share any advice or experience, uh, feel free to send us an email, askvina at gmail.com. If you're somebody who's been thinking about this and or has some experience to share as a mentee, do the same thing. Askvina at gmail.com or you can call us at 877-772-9658. So, uh, Bob, let's talk about the person who's being mentored. I'm not sure if mentee is actually a word, but my spell checker accepted it and I like it. So I'm going to say it. What do you think? What do you think? make somebody most likely to like really get something out of a mentor? So understand, first of all, you need to have a base level of knowledge and be willing to actually learn on your own independent of your mentor and do research. Then the second thing to understand is that you are where you are because you've done what you've done up till now. And unless you're willing to change what you're currently doing and do some things that most certainly will be uncomfortable for you, you're not going to get any different results. So a lot of people expect that, well, if I hire this mentor, I'm going to be able to sit on the couch in my underwear, watch reruns of Simpsons, and press this magic button that's going to make money pop into my living room. And that's just not quite how the real world works. At least in real estate, you need to actually be able to talk to sellers and do comps on houses and look at houses and talk to buyers and a lot of things that a lot of people feel at least initially very uncomfortable with. And the only way to get comfortable with doing those things is by doing them. And you're going to mess them up the first couple times. 
and you need to be willing to go through that process. And having somebody to help you along is usually valuable, but having that somebody that's going to help you along, if you're not going to do the things, you should just keep your money and go do something else. I think there's a real psychology that goes, I haven't, I haven't done the things that I know I need to do or want to do myself. But if I write this $25,000 check, the pain of having written that check will somehow force me into actually uh, taking some action. And I found in my own life when I've done that, because I've done that, Mm -hmm. it is absolutely not true. Like the the pain of writing the check goes away (laughs) after after a few months. And um, expecting somebody else to make you motivated is probably not realistic. So I I almost feel like people who are thinking about doing some sort of mentoring need to know exactly what it is they are hoping is going to happen as a result. And then they need to tell the mentor that before they (laughs) write the check and see if the mentor thinks that's something that they can do. Now, you made an intentional decision not to work with brand spanking new investors. You're you're more interested in working with people who are there I would call them intermediate trying to become advanced or intermediate trying to work out more business problems than really real estate problems. And it it that 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 goes to show you talking to the audience now that there are different you know there 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 are mentoring programs that the programs themselves have different intentions. Absolutely. So for your, and I know you're being super picky uh, right now about who you're willing to work with. What what sort of specific things are you lo- looking for in that person who, they, they already know the basics. They don't need you to tell them how to rehab a house. They might need to tell you how to do a complex IRA slash 401k deal with their house because maybe they haven't done that before. But what they're really looking for is sort of how do I do all this and not work so much? So... So there's some base level of competence that has to exist there first. So you've done some deals, you know how to do some deals, but you also don't have the attitude that you know everything and everything is perfect. And with a lot of people that I work with, they a lot of the issue becomes figuring out what you really want. Because a lot of times people say they want one thing, but don't quite work through all the details of what that involves and figure out that, well, if I want that, that means I need to do this and more importantly, not do this. And figuring out those things, believe it or not, is not only an intellectual exercise, but is is very much an emotional one for a lot of people too. Um, Because to figure out how to both do things and not do things that we're not used to doing um, becomes very difficult. Mm-hmm. And so to for me, the big thing is to, number one, ascertain that level of competence. And then number two, ascertain the willingness of the person to implement new things and implement changes based on what their real goals are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the the mentees, what I think I hear you saying, 
at what in whatever program they're getting into. I mean, I've seen I've seen mentoring programs programs that were specifically for uh, people who wanted to do apartments. Or really, as I think about that one, it was people who are already doing apartments mm-hmm. and who wanted to take that to the next level. I've seen them specifically for people who are doing like um, you know massive numbers of fix and flips, mm-hmm. and their and their problems are different than the problem of the guy who's trying to build a massive number of rentals. That uh, understanding that the mentor's job is not to spoon feed you information, and that 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 the you know how do I go do this is probably going to come from someplace else. That they are willing to change, but something something you've kind of been talking talking about without saying it directly is they have to be people who are coachable i mean they have to be people who are like like i don't like people telling me what to do you know Uh so so i have to really i have to really when i'm trying to be coached i have to recognize that and literally clamp my jaw shut when i want to be going well bob no, I mean you just you just you just told me to do something, and let me tell you all the reasons that I should keep doing it the way I'm doing it. And if that's if that's kind of who you are, please don't sign up for a mentoring program. Well, well <laughs> and interestingly enough, rumor has it that you were at a mastermind a while back, <laughs> where there it took eight or ten people that you respected tremendously <clears throat> to give you a kick in the rear end, and have you own up to where you really were. And I'm sure you already intellectually understood what needed to happen it was just it took a lot of people telling you that to get that emotional decision made and get the fortitude to actually do it yeah because i was i couldn't talk because i was clamping on my tongue because people, <laughs> people, were, people were telling me what to do now i mean you can't at the same time realize that you have issues with authority mm-hmm. and, and also that you need to hear other people's input because one of one of the it's it's interesting that as much as new investors all say they want mentoring like that is like the most common question that mm-hmm. we get at Cincinnati Rea is people people walk in they join and they say hey do you have anybody around here who mentors and that that becomes a whole conversation about okay what do you, what is it you're really looking for mm-hmm. are you looking for somebody to help walk you through your first deal are you looking for somebody to answer questions when you have them or are you looking for somebody to get in your life and say, look, if you're gonna you're gonna have to go tell your boss you cannot work eighty hours a week anymore if you're gonna be serious about this business, and here's how you would approach that conversation, which is what to me a mentor is. But as much as new investors want it, the people that I'm meeting in mentoring groups are people who've been doing this for twenty years, and you would think there would be nothing that they couldn't tell you about their business, but they they do it because the the more kind of advanced we get it's sort of it, it gets lonelier and lonelier because there's oh, just absolutely. There's, there's fewer and fewer yeah. people that well, are kind of you know well uh, this is the one of the few professions where the people where you're not hanging out with a lot of people that are doing the same thing you are and that are as smart as you are and that are as accomplished as you are just Whereas, you know, if you go, if you're an engineer and you go to work at Procter and Gamble, you're hanging out with a lot of other smart engineers that can poke you and you can bounce ideas off of and just work get excited with. about talking about the and, stuff you're doing. And yeah, well, I mean, and actually at the mastermind at Aria that I was leading, there was a guy who'd been in the business for probably 20, 25 years, you know, was worth millions of dollars and had built a life that he just hated 
but couldn't figure out a way to get out of that. And the solutions to his problems were actually very easy. It's And he's a very smart guy. It's just because he was where he was, he was incapable of seeing what needed to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's that's exactly that's exactly the sort of uh, thing that I was I was getting to is that as as you become sort of more and more isolated by the fact that you you don't have a lot of people in your immediate area who understand your problems mm-hmm. if you will and you say oh wait i'm sorry your your big problem is that you had a hundred thousand dollar tax bill this year cry <laughs> me a river you know um yeah and and, and and then when you start hanging out with people that their problem is that they're going to have a million dollar tax bill this year your perspective <laughs> changes quite a bit exactly but it 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 becomes harder and harder for you to think your way out of your own problems, both because you're not looking around and seeing a lot of people who, oh, they've solved it. Mm-hmm. Let me just go talk to them and find out how they did it. You're, just, you're not seeing them anymore. And also, I mean, we, we start, we start to be completely honest, we start to get this feeling being a big fish in a small pond that, well, I'm just smart enough to figure this out, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it often does actually take getting with other people who just aren't you and maybe they right. don't maybe they don't know more than you in your field even but they're not you right so they can they can go wait 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 wait, wait. how are you not seeing this thing how are you not seeing that this right. this you're telling me the problem's this but it's actually it's, something completely different <laughs> it's that is causing that other problem exactly yeah. and 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 the answer is i mean at some point it's like trying to look at your own eyeball uh-huh. right it's so familiar <laughs> to you that you, you just you cannot see it and you need somebody else to kind of come out there and see it and we'll, we'll address uh, mastermind groups a little bit later because they're they're a slightly different thing but they're often a part of a mentoring program um so i just got an email from uh oops i shut down that page that wasn't smart uh from george in louisiana he says what are your feelings or beliefs on mentoring a mature person who's been trying to get a real estate business off the ground they have been working at it for five plus years, spent a ton of money on the wrong people. Is it worth it for them to lay out a large sum of money at this stage of their career in order to really get things clicking? And thanks for your input. So I'm going to assume by mature he means old. I mean, let's 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 not dance around terms, George. And, and you know, there's a lot of people that get to be you know 55, 60, even 70. And then they want to start a real estate business because, mm-hmm. you know, they're whatever they want to have more money as they get older and they want in some cases an intellectual you know i'm retired and i'm bored sort of thing so for somebody like that what could a mentor do for them to really speed up that process because that's that's the important thing at that age is speed up the process well so it goes back to that you need to figure out why it was that the programs that you've invested all this money in didn't work and especially if you've been involved in several of them, it is all your actions are going to need to change in addition to getting a better program. Because ultimately, if you're determined to learn something and the people you're dealing with are just not complete crooks and you're willing to actually go and do stuff and make mistakes and then come back and say, okay, well, I tried X, Y, Z and it didn't work, then absolutely it can help. But fundamentally, you need to examine yourself first and figure out what the problem has been and make sure that the new person that you're going to deal with 
you know, has the ability to help you overcome those and that you're willing to make the change yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would say, and, and what I often do say to people in that age range is the, the, the way for you to speed up is to not make the mistakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if somebody, somebody who's 20 could afford to go through the whole, oops, you know, went out and tried to try to figure that out all by myself and it was, you know, sort of a disaster, but I have another 60 years to recover from that disaster. You don't so much have that, you know, when you're, when you're 55 and any money you're gambling with is really your retirement money. Right. But, but the flip side is that you absolutely need to be willing to take actions and fail it's just you need to take those actions and fail in such a way that there aren't huge financial implications for them, especially at that phase mm-hmm. in your life. And I always, I always sort of think of one of the roles of a mentor to be, um, if I, if I am not sure mm-hmm. of this deal, having somebody who knows more than I do to bounce it off of, because you, you, you and I, and anybody who's been in the business as long as we have, you know, pretty much. Th- this is how a lot of conversations go at the RIA meeting. Somebody comes up to me and says, can I just ask you a quick question about a deal? And I say, yes, what's the address? Uh-huh. And, and they and they tell me, and I say, what do you have it under contract for? And they tell me, and I say, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's you know, there that, that that sort of just life experience of having looked at a house on practically every street yeah, or, or having owned a house on that street or, uh, yeah, and you can even tell just by the way they're talking in their experience in the deal that it's not a deal mm-hmm. just and 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 it's amazing and you probably haven't experienced this yet but you will it's amazing how people will, will go ahead and write that big check mm-hmm. and then they will get themselves into a mess that you you could have in five minutes said let me tell you why you don't want to do this or you want to do it differently and they don't call you until after yeah, the mess has been created. And then it's twenty five times as hard to undo it if it's if it is at all possible. Yes. Yeah, and you say, "Why didn't you call me before?" And they're like, "Oh, I didn't want to bother you." Well, why did like, you write that big check then? <laughs> that's why you sent me all that money was so that I could help you through this. All right. So when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, some questions that I've received at askvina at gmail dot com. And uh, some more things about like how you would prepare for a mentor, things that you need to ask a potential mentor before you sign that big check. Uh, and mastermind groups. Uh, you can send an email to askvina at gmail.com or give us a call at 877-772-9658. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Bob Dressman, and we're talking mentoring. I hope this is a conversation that's resonating uh, with some of you that is giving you some ideas about how to move forward or perhaps not move forward uh, with a potential mentor and uh, certainly looking for your comments at askvina at gmail.com. Uh, I just got an email from John here in Cincinnati that is it's it's more along the lines of a comment than it is a question, but I thought it was interesting. He says, my experience learned the hard way is that it's important as a new investor to actually bother to spend some time exploring the different niches of investing, because it's very likely which niche you are interested in will change as you gain exposure exposure to different ones. Also, I think it's really important to like and respect the mentor as a person. It doesn't matter how good a mentor the person is. If you don't feel a personal connection with them, it will not be a successful relationship. Again, learned that one the hard way. Yeah, well, it's... Uh, actually a good question is look at the mentor's life and decide if you would like your life to look like that 
because in this business, it's really not that hard to make money. But if it's somebody who's making a ton of money and the rest of their life is just a mess because all they ever do is work, 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 is that ultimately what you want? It's, you know, be careful what you ask for because you might get it. Mm-hmm. And if you, and there are, there are an awful lot of um, mentors out there that that's sort of the, that's the, that's what, that's the lesson they preach is, you know, go crush it, go kill it, work 80 hours a week, you know, mm-hmm. grind your competition into the ground. And if, if that's what they're saying, uh-huh. guaranteed that's what they're going to be telling you to do. Yeah. Well, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with working hard. And I work hard every day, but there also have to be some boundaries and there needs to be a life involved and you need to prioritize things and get rid of stuff that you don't need to be doing so that you're doing the things that are ultimately really important to you. Because, you know, at least I would hope that ultimately making a bunch of money isn't the most important thing in people's lives. It, they want to make that money for some purpose and allow them to live a lifestyle and have a life that they want. Question here from Gina, who lives in Northern Kentucky, and these this, these are these actually mirror some of the questions I was going to ask anyway. Amazing, so isn't it? I'll ask Gina's questions. <laughs> she says, "What are the top three things to look for when you're looking for a good mentor?" Okay, so somebody that knows what they're doing, somebody that's willing to and and let me just stop you right there and say not because they've read more books than you have. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, they, they actually have done a couple things. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, no, it like, like I, I tell people all the time when you first start, you're going to learn 95% of what you know from books. Mm-hmm. But as, as you progress, you're going to find that you are learning 80% of what you know from actually being out there in the world and talking to people and, and creating problems for yourself uh-huh. and having to get out of them and all of those sorts of things. So um, Bob, Bob has this sense of humor where he just understates everything. And what he means, Gina, is find somebody with massive experience. And <laughs> ma- 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 massive experience is not, I did three deals. I, I, I'll tell you, at, at, when I'd been in the business for five years, I would have told you I could be a great mentor. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'd probably done you know, 300 deals in, uh-huh. in those five and years. You- but looking back, I would feel sorry for anybody that I was mentoring because I, I had a lot higher... Um, evaluation of, of my of my actual knowledge and experience than I had actual knowledge and experience. Well, you just hadn't had a time had enough time to make enough mistakes exactly to, and go through go through like the worst down market in history and the best up market in history. You and, mean real estate prices don't <laughs> always just go up? <laughs> yeah. So so number one is massive experience. Number two is somebody that you like and have a personal connection with, and that you're going to be willing to listen to. And then number three um, would be somebody that is willing to do more than just tell you you're great, that's going to help you identify your real problems and be able to do it in a way that is going to be helpful to you doing what needs to get done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a good mentor should not be such, so determined to be your friend that they're not willing to kick your butt when your butt mm-hmm. needs to yeah. be well, kicked. <laughs> well, and actually it's sort of a, at least in my limited experience, they need to help you build up your confidence 
in the areas in which you are competent and help you realize that, yeah, you do know something, but they also need to be willing to call you on it when you're not doing what you need to do and you're making excuses rather than getting it done. Her follow-up question Wow, is... Do we do two-part questions? <laughs> what are the top three things to spot about a bad mentor? Um, somebody who's more interested in your money than figuring out whether they can really help you. Uh, what was the question again? What are the three things to spot? Ba about bad mentors. Um, well, so the... Another red flag should be somebody that nobody else knows much about and has much experience with, even on a business level, or that has has been involved in massive lawsuits. Mm. And when they're talking about things, you want to make sure that they're talking about things and doing deals in a way that is helpful to everybody. Because ultimately, a mentoring relationship needs to not only be good for the mentor making a bunch of money, it needs to be good for the person who's actually paying that money because they're helping them succeed. Mm -hmm. And if I could add, um, high-pressure sales pitches should be a a warning sign. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and, and there's a lot of those around and, you know, the, 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 the nature of the pitch is such that it encourages you not to ask questions or look too closely mm -hmm. or really even understand what you're getting necessarily. Um, it, it is, it, it is true for some people, uh, who don't have big machines that there's a limited amount of people you can take on, mm -hmm. but anybody who says, look, if you don't sign up right now, you're completely missing this amazing chance. Cause you know, if, if I'm, if I'm full up right now, what I'm going to say to you is I'm actually full up right now, but I should have a place opening in six weeks. Right. So, you know, think about it, talk to the spouse, make sure it's something you want to do and we can talk again in six weeks. But if you're being told do it right now or else the price is doubling and also uh, you're just going to miss out on the opportunity, that's, Somebody who's very, very focused on the money. Yeah, and the one thing I frequently tell people about real estate education is real estate education has been very valuable to me, and it's important to spend some money on it, but it's important that after you've spent some money, that you make some money with that money that then allows you to go to the next level, that it's not, okay, well, I bought this thousand dollar course and now if i buy this four thousand dollar course even though that first one didn't work i'm going to be successful oh well fundamentally my problem is that i haven't spent fifty thousand dollars on the right mentoring program and that once i spend that money then i'm going to be it's there you need to be implementing the things as you're learning not and making money doing it not just continually spending money because that magic bullet's just around the corner mm-hmm Mm -hmm. But there, there is a weight loss pill that if I spend $50,000 on it, I can just take it and I'll just be skinny, can, right? Yeah, and the, it'll allow you to eat ice cream and donuts and not exercise and be at your ideal body weight Where do I write week. this check out to? <laughs> um, okay, and then her follow-up question to the follow-up question is, is it okay to ask for references? And if so, do they mean anything? The best thing to do is to talk to other people that that person didn't give you so to the extent to which you can network in 
associations that they're involved with and other professional people that deal with them. That's ideal, but absolutely ask for references and actually speak to the people and ask them, you know, what, what good, what, what, what wrong, you know, make sure it's just not a shell that's telling you the world is beautiful and everything's perfect because, you know, even though I know a whole bunch, there's stuff I don't know. And there are mistakes I still make. And we are all ultimately human and you want to get that human person, but the person that's going to help you get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And, and let me add that the, uh, big 18 point type testimonial on the website mm-hmm. is not a replacement for a reference, even if there are 50 of them, because believe it or not, people can make those up and they can also excerpt a yes. small part of a larger communication. And um, also, uh, don't assume that because you see somebody a lot at your RIA meeting, or even even assume that because you see them at the front of the room at mm-hmm. your RIA meeting, that that's all the reputation you need to know about, because they wouldn't be up there if it wasn't for, mm-hmm. you know, if they weren't good people. I mean, there's, there's especially in nonprofit RIA groups... People are usually at the re- at the front of the room because they volunteered to do the work, mm-hmm. and, it, and it says nothing about their experience. It says nothing about you know how long have they been in the business. And I see people making that mistake all the time. They go to the they go to the person who's the vice president of the group and say, um, "Hey, do you do any mentoring?" And when that person hears it off enough, they're like, "Sure, for X amount of money." Yeah. But you know it, the fact that they have a title or whatever makes them look important, even though they might not actually know what's going on. Still get references. Uh-huh. Still get references. So um, let's uh, let's let's flip it back around here briefly uh, and talk to the people who are sitting out there going, "But I wanted to be a mentor." I'm not sure people think that through enough. Absolutely. When they when they decide, well, I'm going to go out and you know make myself available to people. If 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 you got somebody who maybe is at that ten year mark and is going, I think I could really help people, and I think it would be a nice extra source of income. What should those people be asking themselves, or preparing for, or studying? So wrapping back around to most people's fundamental problems are emotional and between their ears, rather than a lack of knowledge. And so the question becomes, number one, are you going to be able to screen the people out who just aren't going to do anything? Because it's incredibly frustrating to uh, know what somebody needs to do, explain to them what they need to do, and then have them not do it and wonder why it's not working. And also, at least for me, when I'm working with somebody, it takes a certain level of my bandwidth in terms of if I'm going to actually understand what's going on in somebody's life and what they need to do in their life and what in their business, there's only so much of that you can do. And that's not something you can do 40 hours a week or even eight hours a day, probably on any consistent basis. So understand that it is a big commitment. And ultimately, you should be in the business because you can help the people out, not because you're going to get a big check. Mm-hmm. And Ultimately, if you are successful in helping people out, your business will be successful. I think one of the things that gave you this mentoring bug was your experience in uh, moderated mastermind groups that you were you were moderating, which is different than the one that you know three guys decide to get together every week and talk about the real estate business. The moderated groups mm-hmm. have more of I'm not going to call it an agenda, but there's more of a 
you know, everybody gets to talk this long and we're going to talk about these things and we're going to solve these problems. Should people out there who know about both things, mentoring and a mastermind group, do one or the other? You can do one or the other, or you can do a combination of both. And there are, and some of it is dependent on your personality type and where you're going to react well. You know, are you the type of person that needs a bunch of other people you respect to tell you what needs to happen before you're going to listen? Whereas if you just have a mentor, you're going to just ignore them and say, I know better. Or, and then there's a certain, and depending on your personality type, sometimes doing things with other people becomes easier because it sort of helps you work through some of that emotional type of stuff. Now, with a mastermind group, it's going to require a chunk of time, typically, all in a row, whereas mentoring could be, you know, an hour every other week. Whereas, you know, a mastermind is typically going to be at least one day and probably two. And, you know, is your life set up that you could just disappear and shut your phone off for two days and make the commitment that that's going to take? So I think they both have their role. And for a lot of people, some combination of both is probably ideal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have about a minute left. So I'm going to ask you to to quickly just share with us any insights that came out of the three mastermind groups that you did in three days at the at the summit because one was a very advanced one one was more newbies and then one was a smaller a a very small group anything came out of that that you just went oh aha well it's uh i always enjoy the larger group because it's great for ideas but the smaller groups become ideal and helping people work through some of their deep-seated issues in terms of what you needed to have. I mean, especially in the um, group of fairly advanced people. I mean, we had multiple people crying. and It's it's not a complete mastermind group if somebody doesn't cry. That's my... Well, it, it, you always kid me that I'm on the spectrum. So I'm not the most emotional person <laughs> out there. And so it's amazing to me that that happen it affects people deeply and we appreciate your insights bob uh hope you listeners got some some clarification here about uh, how to move forward with your uh, potential mentoring we will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing until then happy thanksgiving and happy investing Mm -hmm.